Amplify, Creators of Color Podcast Network. This is Woodson Carpenter, community art strategist with Rise Chattanooga. As a part of our ongoing efforts to provide good, artistic, creative programming to the Chattanooga area, we started a new series called The Art Of. In this series, we focus specifically on genres that are born out of the Black experience. Our hope is to create new and interesting conversations about the artists and the instruments that are crucial to um, the origins and the continued existence of those genres. We hope you'll listen, we hope you watch, and when it's safe to do so, we hope you'll join us and have these conversations in our space and together. Thank you. All right, cool. Um, so welcome everybody. I am Ben Banks, the digital storyteller here with Rise Chattanooga, and I am here with Chris Blevins, um, local artist here, be Chris. Um, so yeah, Chris, you could just uh, introduce yourself and who you are, what your music is about. Just give me the basics. Yeah, man. So like you said, I'm Chris. I go by B Chris. That's my artist name. Um, from the area, I claim Rossville, Georgia, but I claim Chattanooga, Tennessee as well. Um, so I make hip hop music that I talk about my faith in God and, you know, just talk about my life experiences, things I've been through, uh, you know, just as a person who is biracial and just all of those things and just kind of give life and hope and, uh, uplift people through that message. Awesome. So as far as your music, uh, can you like point us back to like a, like a time or place or person or, you know, what got you started in wanting to go into music? Yeah. So actually, like people say, you know, oh, man, like this person or that person inspired me to want to be, you know, a rapper or et cetera. Um, but for me, my writing started out of a place of, uh, you know, a, a home situation that was happening in my life at the time. So I actually started writing music back in 2013. Uh, so I was, I was 19 going into being 20 years old and, uh, I was just having some rough circumstances at home and I didn't really feel like I could talk to anybody about it. I didn't want to talk to nobody about it. So the only way I felt that I could express, uh, my pain and my frustration and my anger was just to kind of write out how I was feeling at the time. So it kind of started out like, just being very poetic and me just kind of writing like poems and stuff like that. Then I, I started to notice that it was progressing into writing actual like lyrics and then eventually writing songs and stuff. So 2013 was the journey. Um, and it was just born out of a place of hardship and, uh, you know, I just didn't feel like I could talk to nobody. So, yeah. So 2013, that's seven years ago. How do you feel like you've grown since, you know, where you are now? to back then? Yeah, so back then, uh, writing was just more like an outlet to kind of use to, again, to, you know, like I said, to just express, uh, you know, my pain and, you know, just stuff like that. I I was a Christian at the time as well. So, uh, but I was kind of like new in my faith. So I was just now kind of like taking those steps and really, uh, you know, choosing to to walk hand in hand with Jesus and everything like that. 
Um, but even then, I mean, I had moments where it was like, I would much rather write my pain than, than come and talk to him. Uh, but you know, then it would kind of go hand in hand where it would be like that. But then I would know in the back of my mind, like I should be talking to God about what's going on and, you know, getting, getting peace from that and everything. Um, so I would say I've grown because in 2016, I finally took the leap. Um, and I actually, you know, shout out to, uh, shout out to my homeboy, Nigel Lee. Um, I actually got connected with, uh, the producer that he was working with at the time named Todd Preston. And, uh, he, uh, he helped get us connected and everything. And, uh, we met at, uh, the Cracker Barrel restaurant. Um, I was going to say, what is that next to or, or whatever? But uh, anyway, we met at the Cracker Barrel restaurant in, uh, man, we're on Lee Highway, right? Yeah, Lee Highway. Yeah, yeah, thank you. On Lee Highway. And uh, I literally had three glasses of chocolate milk. <laughs> and uh, we, I just kind of uh, just told him, you know, my situation told him, you know, just what I was looking to do, you know, type of music I was looking to make and everything. And, uh, you know, after that, we went our ways. And then probably the next day or two, he hit me up and was like, let's work. Let's get to work. And so uh, 2016, I put out my first single, which is called Sesh One. And, uh, you know, I've been rocking ever since. Yeah. So do you do music full time right now? No, uh, not at the moment. I don't do it full time. Eventually, uh, I want to get to that place to where I can do it full time. Um, but for now, I mean, it's it's it's, made, it's like part time right now. But I want to get to that place to where I will be able, you know, to you know, initially and potentially be able to, to do that as, uh, you know, my main occupation full time, uh, you know, and, and just, uh, you know, make revenue from that. I don't care about, you know, awards and all that nonsense, but just to make revenue and be able to take care of myself and, uh, in the future, you know, take care of my family and just and, uh, do something that I enjoy, uh, doing and it be a full time thing in my life. Right. Um, Awesome. So, you know, you said you're doing this part time. So how do you balance, you know, making music, writing with everything else that's going on in your life? Yeah. So initially, uh, I think about the term where people say, you know, you make time for things that you care about. You make time for things that are important to you. So uh, I just look at it as, uh, you know, I set I set aside time for that. Um, and so I just kind of plan, uh, not necessarily like having an actual schedule, but I'm more so just planning in my mind and I'm like, okay, so this is what I'm doing from this time. This is what I'm doing from this time. And that's what I'm doing from this time, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so I just sort of go from there. So it's like, I automatically, I know what my work hours are, um, you know, and stuff like that. Or if I'm, you know, going to be, uh, doing any type of events with, uh, you know, the youth group with me being a youth leader and everything like that. Um, and so I just, I make sure that like I plan and I set aside time or I, uh, will be like, 
you know, oh, I can't do that because I'm focusing on music right now. So I won't be able to attend this, you know? So it's just making those uh, cuts and sacrifices or like I said, just having a schedule like planned out. So, you know, like this is the time that I'm going to dedicate to either, uh, you know, writing that song or if you have that song already written, uh, setting aside that time to, you know, plan a studio session and go and record. Uh, so that's, that's how I do it. That's what I do. All right. So I'm going to ask you a sort of controversial question. Um, I know a lot of artists don't love this question, but just for people that haven't heard your music before, like who would you compare yourself to? Or is there anyone you would say you sound like, or are you something totally new and something different? Um, I mean, I don't think, I mean, me personally, I don't feel like I sound like anybody. Um, I mean, I have, like I said, I have like influences that I look up to. Um, you know, me being a nineties baby, um, I grew up on, you know, of course, like around the time that like Pac and Biggie and, uh, you know, just to name a few, like around the time that they were on top, I mean, I was, I was a little kid. I was like four years old, but I still grew up on those artists. My dad would, would play that music around me and I really just gravitated towards that. Um, and so like the whole nineties boom bap hip hop era plays a lot of influence when it comes to like my track selection, production, uh, you know, just, just all types of stuff like that. I, I gravitate towards the old school and I love, I love that. Not that I don't have love for like the new school or like trap sounding tracks or stuff like that. Cause there will be tracks out of here and I'm like, Oh, that's a dope track. But, uh, 90, 90% of the time I'm going to gravitate towards that old school boom bap sounding type of style. Cause that's what I grew up on and that's what I love. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, me personally, I don't think that I sound like anybody. Um, I mean, I've had some people kind of throw things out there that they've said that I've sounded like, like I, people, uh, they don't specifically like name a person, but they just say that I sound very old school. Like okay. my music, my music sounds like the nineties and yeah, it has like a new twist on it, but it sounds nineties. So I think that's dope. Okay. That's awesome. Um, so I know you touched on this a little bit, but I like want to hear, uh, what are some themes that you focus on in your music? Uh, like if you had to like, you know, kind of spell it out, what are some things that, you know, really are close to your heart that you want to put out in your music and like kind of focus on and feature? So one one thing that uh, I addressed. So at the at the end of January, uh, January thirty first, I released my debut uh, project called Comparisons, um, which for all those that are going to listen, it's out. It's available now. You can get on Apple Music, Spotify. Yeah, we'll know. put links for sure at the end of this. <laughs> um, but what I what I focus on uh, not only not only in the in the project but just for my music in general uh, for sure like I just want to make sure that like I get across you know a message of hope um, and just a message of like you know life is hard we all go through circumstances we all go through things but we can have hope in knowing that uh, you know we have we have Jesus with us you know and Jesus will always be there for us he's the good shepherd. Um, so I definitely always want to make sure that that's a message that I always get across. I'll always stay 100% true and authentic with that. Um, another thing that I also strive to get across is just like for those that deal with, 
you know, uh, issues when it comes to, you know, being, uh, you know, kind of being in the circle of being, you know, biracial or mixed or whatever you want to call it. Um, I definitely want to speak to those people because as a person who is mixed, as a person who is biracial, again, whatever your preference, um, I know how it feels to be in uncomfortable situations, maybe to feel like, you know, you're not necessarily accepted by, uh, you know, white people, or maybe like you feel kind of weird around, you know, being around people of color, um, you know, just that whole type of thing. So I definitely want to make sure that I speak to those people for sure. Um, and not only just those people, but, uh, you know, people, people, uh, just in color, of general who maybe have felt, you know, not only just the perspective of like a mixed person, but just feeling weird, maybe in those uncomfortable situations, being around white people as a person of color in general. Um, and so I definitely open up, you know, about, about that in my project and kind of talk about that a little bit. I also talk about like, you know, just, uh, you know, the, the fact of having like issues at home, you know, uh, Growing up as a kid, I mean, I, I I grew up in a broken home. I mean, my mom and dad, they weren't together. So through the weekdays, I was with my mom, and on the weekends, I was with my dad. So, um, you know, for a lot of years, that was my reality, you know, alongside, again, being being biracial. So those were two worlds that I had to learn to try to coexist in. So I would definitely say those are, are like three big topics that I, that I talk about a lot in my music. For sure. And again, uh, you know, just always wanting to stay authentic and, and real and true. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so going back to, you know, you said you, you know, have a hopeful message. Uh, this year has been crazy. Uh, and a lot of people need that. It's definitely timely. Uh, so, you know, one of the things that's going on is this Corona COVID um, you know, stuff. So I just kind of want to get your perspective as an artist, as a creative, you know, has, has this affected you, this, uh, you know, the epidemic, the shutdown, the quarantine, what's kind of your perspective, your take? Yeah. I mean, I for sure had like big plans this year, you know, again, with, with me releasing my first project, I was very like hopeful and driven on like, man, like, I want to book shows and I want to get out there and, you know, get my uh, music out there to the people and, you know, just give love to people through, through shows. And, you know, even after the show, like meeting with people, talking with people, excuse me. Um, and so that was definitely a plan that I had for sure. And that that's something that I was going to execute. And then this whole Corona COVID, whatever you want to call it thing happens and it kind of puts a damper on those plans. Um, so in the beginning, for sure, not only, not only from the artist perspective, uh, you know, cause I, I'm, I'm fairly certain just uh, with a few artists that I know, like this has been a rough time for them as well, because they, you know, they have the same mindset of like, man, like I was looking forward to doing shows and, you know, being out there and rocking with the crowd, rocking with people, all those types of things. Um, but not only just, from that aspect as an artist, but also just as uh, a human, just in general, like in the beginning, it was pretty difficult because me, I'm a pretty extroverted person. So like, I love people. I love being around people. Um, 
And so those first couple of months, like when I had to get used to like, no, you can't be around nobody. You know, you just kind of, kind of like get the necessities. Like if you got to go to a grocery store, get what you got to get and, and dip out and come back mm-hmm. home or whatever. In the same situation with work, it's like have mask on, you know, if you, you can, it's, it's recommended, you know, don't, don't be around a lot of people. And you know, when you're coming off of like before that and you're used to being around people, you're used to being in community with people. Um, you know, you get out of church and you're at the church for like two hours still <laughs> just cutting up and talking to everybody before you make a decision, like where you want to go to lunch or what you want to do for the day with those people or whatever you, you come from that. to now it's like all that's kind of taken away. And it's like, man, like it, it's, uh, definitely, uh, you know, rough. And it, it was pretty rough for me in the beginning, but, um, I just really kind of utilized FaceTiming and, uh, you know, texting people, stuff like that. Um, and not only that, but also utilize that time to really reach out to people because situations like this can be rough for people, especially people that deal with like depression and anxiety and stuff like that. And so I definitely think it is super vital to reach out to people, even even if you're annoying, like if you call them 20 times a day, like FaceTime them 20 times a day, uh, text them 20 times a day, like it might be annoying, but initially you're showing that love for them because you're like, nah, like I'm gonna check on you because I know the the things that you deal with, I know what you face. And so I wanna make sure that you know that you have somebody in your corner. You have somebody that's here for you. Um, So, I definitely was utilizing again, like FaceTiming and texting and calling and stuff like that. Um, and then I, I also, you know, utilize the time to be creative. So I, I started working on, I haven't done it in a while, but I started working on these kind of short, like segments where I would do like quarantine R and B. And so I would get like suggestions from people and I was like, okay, what should I write about? So they, a lot of them are like kind of funny stuff just to make people laugh, you know, during a, a chaotic time. So I started doing those and that was helping to keep me creative. Um, so I was, uh, you know, tapping into the creative side and everything like that. But then, uh, as, as it's kind of progressed and, you know, we're still sort of like with the quarantine thing, but kind of not because things have, you know, been opening back up and everything like that. And everybody's taking safety precautions. Uh, I've, I've eased into it more and I've just felt a lot more peace about the situation. Whereas before, like I definitely had this feeling of like uncertainty for sure. Which is like, man, like how long are we going to be dealing with this? But again, uh, you know, just tapping into that peace of God, man. And just, just being like, man, like, you know, God's going to give me peace with this situation. And so that's just what I've been relying on. And as time has progressed, it's been a lot, a lot easier for me. Um, and still just the fact that like, I get to go to work every day, like through the whole like quarantine stuff, you know, where a lot of people didn't get to go to work. So they, you know, they were struggling to make an income or worried about, you know, how they were going to, you know, get their next paycheck. I was blessed to still be able to get to go to work and stuff like that. So I for sure, thank God for that. Um, and so things like that were, were keeping me at ease and giving me peace, like being able to go to work, of course, you know, having, you know, my relationship with God and everything like that and having that peace. Um, and again, just, just being creative. Um, 
you know, I, I wrote a lot of stuff, you know, during that time, you know, like spoken word stuff. And like I said, doing those quarantine R&B segments, writing, you know, freestyle, like rap type of stuff, just to be creative. Um, you know, those are, those are things that I have been doing and, and were doing to cope with, you know, the quarantine and even now still getting through, you know, the uncertainty of, uh, what's to come, you know, as far as the pandemic goes. Right. That's awesome that you've still been creating. Cause that was my next question. Um, so with, you know, being an artist and you've got all this stuff kind of, you know, that you've written that you've, um, you know, you've done like those short R and B quarantine sketches. Do you have like a strategy on how you want to move forward as an artist, like releasing some of those projects or songs and stuff like that? Have you thought about it? Um, yeah. Um, I just kind of look at it like, you know, I want to be safe, but I also want to keep working. Right. So, um, you know, that just, that just comes down to, you know, taking those safety precautions, but still being like, you know, despite, despite the circumstances at hand, I can't let that stop me from staying driven. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can't let that stop me from continuing to, to create and be creative and, you know, make, make this music. And again, you know, give, give life and give uh, light and give hope to people. So, uh, you know, I'm just going to do, I'm, I'm going to do what I have to do, but I'm going to, I'm going to do it safely. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I already got, you know, things going as far as that goes, uh, you know, with, 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 again, with Todd, um, so I'll be seeing Todd very soon and I'll be coming out with uh, new content very soon. Awesome. Um, so going back to another theme that you've touched on in your music, uh, you know, being biracial, being mixed, and, you know, you wanted to speak to those people. And again, that's very timely with all that's going on in America right now. Um, so kind of break down for me, uh, you know, uh, all these, ra this racial tension, like how is that, has that affected you? Like, as I feel like that, cause I know for me, I'm also biracial and that's hit close to home for me. So I just want to hear from you. Like, what is that kind of, you know, I don't know, just kind of, just simply just kind of lay out what's going, what's going on in your head when you see all this and hear all this. Yeah. So, uh, you know, after, After uh, Memorial Day, I learned, you know, that these circumstances uh, occurred. You know, not only did we have, you know, the, the incident with George Floyd, but we had, you know, an, an incident, uh, you know, I can't, I can't remember the, the incidents off the top of my head, but there were literally alongside with what happened with George Floyd, there were three other incidents that occurred. Yeah, they all happened at the same time. It was crazy. Um, and so... For sure, like I was definitely affected. Um, I would probably say for like a week, I wasn't sleeping good at all. Um, you know, I was getting into bed at like 3 a.m., having to be up at like 6.30 for work. Um, all, all of that stuff was for sure weighing, uh, you know, super, super heavy on me. Um, and I was just really using that time to, you know, reach out to, you know, my brothers and sisters, um, you know, in the, in the black community and just be like, you know, I'm here for you. You know, I got love for you. If you want to talk, I'm here to listen. Um, and so that, 
that was uh, for sure something that I was focused on. And, you know, I definitely, I definitely use my platform to, you know, speak out. And I shared a post that had, you know, those incidents all in one post. Um, and I talked about that for sure. Um, so it's just, it's just crazy, man. Uh, you know, if people always say like, man, look how far we've come, look how far we've come. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, we've come a long way, but we still got longer to go. I mean, you know, with this is, this is something that, you know, feels like it's going to be here for forever. Um, and it's, it's very unfortunate that it has to be that way. I mean, even my father told me that he didn't think that this would be something that I would have to deal with in my lifetime. Um, but, you know, unfortunately it is something that I, that I and other people, um, you know, who look like me, um, and not only, not only people who, who look like me, but, you know, the black and brown community, you know, this is something that they have to continue to deal with and that, that they have to continue to face. Um, and it just always baffles me because I just think to myself, I'm like, if it wasn't, if it wasn't God's design or God's intention for people of, of color to be here, they wouldn't be here. And so I just, I'm always baffled just by, you know, the way that people can think, uh, you know, the way that people can act when it comes to stuff like that. Um, and it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Um, so what, what are some of the ways I know you've reached out, but for you personally, like how have you kind of, uh, you know, stayed grounded and, you know, you yourself, you know, stayed kind of like, you know, how have you kind of shielded yourself from all this? Like, I know it's affected you, but uh, you, you still found the strength to reach out to others. You know, how, how did you get to that place? Honestly, man, uh, it just became, it became a, a, a necessity for me, you know, just immediately. I was just like, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, I'm checking on people, you know, and, and not only checking on them, but getting their perspective, you know, seeing how they feel about what's going on and really talking to them um, and just, you know, showing, uh, you know, empathy for them and listening to them. Cause even like, you know, I've never, you know, just keeping it, keeping it all the way 100. Like, I don't know what it feels like to, you know, be beaten by the cops. Like I've never dealt with that. I've never experienced that. It's never happened to me. Um, you know, I've never been, I've never been harassed by the cops. Like that ain't happened to me before. Um, you know, have I dealt with like looks from people, you know, like snarls from people, comments from people, whispering from people. Yeah, I have, but, um, you know, I've never been a victim of police brutality. I've never, uh, you know, had a gun pointed at me by a police officer, you know, none of those things. And so I think that it's important to not only again, check on, you know, our, our brothers and sisters in, in the black community, but gain it, like listen to their perspective and, and listen to, you know, situations and things that they've been through. Um, and just really, you know, gain that perspective and, and learn to be optimistic and open your mind 
uh, and gain someone's perspective because, uh, you know, we should never think that we, we know the right answer or that the answers that we have are correct, but we should learn to listen to someone else's side and, uh, you know, pay attention to what they've been through. So it was just a necessity for me to immediately want to reach out to people, um, you know, in the, in the black community and, and check on them and see how they were. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, definitely appreciate you for doing that because I know you reached out to me as well um, and that was much needed um, at that time and continuously. Um, so you've talked a lot about your faith and I definitely respect you for that. Um, so how has that played a factor in, you know, not only this, but COVID and this year and all that, like, you know, explain to me that process for you. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, I just think about rough times in my life that I've been through, not only when it comes to like racial stuff, um, but again, you know, just like home situation stuff. And honestly, if I didn't have God in my life, um, you know, I don't know where I would be. I don't know what I would be doing um, or the kind of person that I, that I would be like. Uh, and so it just goes, you know, it just goes with that, like, uh, you know, having a, a solid foundation in faith, um, you, you can weather the storm of whatever might come your way. Um, you know, whether it's racial stuff, whether it's home stuff, whether it's, you know, pandemic stuff, um, you know, whatever the case may be. And so that's just where, like, uh, I really, you know, spend my time just praying and, uh, not only that, but just having, having a solid community around you, um, and just people that you can talk to who are going to encourage you, um, you know, with scripture and pray for you and, uh, you know, give you, give you advice as well. Uh, you know, going through, situation and I mean like I have you know like a, f a few a few of my homies uh you know DJ and Marv which are two of my two of my wonderful homies I call I will I call them my brothers but um you know they were there for me and it just like them like I was checking on them you know there's both of them are both uh you know black males and so you know I've I've been checking in with them and you know um you know for sure like got their you know, perspective, uh, mostly, mostly, uh, DJ Marv is very, he's very quiet. He doesn't, he doesn't talk a whole lot, but, um, you know, me and me and my brother DJ, I mean, we've been talking a whole lot about this stuff and, um, you know, just gaining more knowledge from him as far as that goes again, like I said, you know, gaining that perspective of someone else other than yourself. Um, and, you know, with, with the fact that both of us being, you know, Christians, um, you know, not only having those, those racial conversations, but, you know, uplifting each other with scripture and praying for each other and stuff like that. So just having, having grounded faith in God and, you know, having that, uh, strong and dope community around you, um, can help you for sure get through any type of situation that you might be facing in life. So I've definitely um, utilize those things to my advantage. Awesome. Uh, so speaking of community and I know you're just 
one person. Um, but as far as the church, what do you feel? Because I've seen back and forth, like, ah, the church shouldn't get into political things or, you know, social issues. But what do you feel like the church's role is in this? And, you know, what, what can they be doing? What should they be doing? Have they handled it correctly as a, as a collective? I know that's a big question, but. Um, well, I, I think that it should be expected uh, for the church to receive those questions of where's the church at through all of this, where, you know, what are they doing? Where are they at? Because, you know, what, how, how you can look at the situation is, is those who, those people who are not, uh, you know, believers are going to be like, well, you know, Christians say, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, you know, and, and, you know, things like that, where are they at? I don't see them out here, you know, loving, loving their neighbor, you know, meaning, you know, black, you know, brothers and sisters and, you know, um, and so I think that it should be expected that the church is going to receive, you know, that type of, uh, you know, those, those type of statements, you know, from people is just like, where's the church at? You know, where are they, uh, what are they doing through this? How are they stepping up through this? How are they playing a role through this? Um, and so I just think that, it, uh, have they done a good job of it? Um, I mean, I, I think there's more to be done, uh, for sure. I mean, it can't just be like, you can't just hold a, a racial reconciliation prayer, prayer rally. And that'd be the end of it, you know? And, uh, you know, I, I think in some cases, uh, you know, a lot of churches are just like, man, like, you know, we want to, I, th- I think it can be a thing of like, they want to do something, but they don't always necessarily go, they don't know how to go the right way about it per se. Um, or it's more of a, it, it could, it could be more of a uncomfortable feeling to think about um, to where they're like, man, like we want to say something, but at the same time, like, how should we go about it? How should we do it? What steps should we take to do that? Um, you know, and then, and then you have, you know, those that are just like, man, I'm just going to say something and I'm just going to, you know, speak up. And that's, that's just going to be what it is. I mean, you know, the book of Proverbs says that we should, uh, you know, oppose, oppose the unjust. I think I'm pretty sure it says something like that. I don't want to get that wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's like, uh, Proverbs 27. Let me check real quick just so I know I'm right. Don't want to get that wrong, but It might be We will be back after these brief messages. No, I'm kidding. Um, I 
Okay, I can't, but I know it's in Proverbs. I do know that. Um, but it says, you know, that we should, uh, you know, oppose opposing unjust. So, you know, people, I mean, if we, I look at it this way, if we love our neighbor, and in this case, our neighbor being our black brothers and sisters, if we love our neighbor, then we should not just walk by while they are being, uh, you know, oppressed and being killed and, you know, being ridiculed, being uh, demonized and all of these things. Uh, you know, we should speak up. We should say things. We should be like, no, like, I'm not going to stand for what's going on. And God wouldn't stand for it either. Um, you know, even even Jesus, when he was in the temple, I mean, he flipped over tables because of, uh, you know, there was a, a certain situation going on. I can't think of it off the top of my head right now, but even he flipped over tables because of what was going on. So, you know, Jesus for sure would not approve of the unjust things that are happening in this world, you know, from sex trafficking, you know, to racism, police brutality, none of those things. Um, and so I feel like the church per se, I mean, they steps have been taken, but I feel like more steps should be taken. Um, you know, because it, it can't just be, you know, one of those things where it's like, oh, well, we go on camera and we have that one uncomfortable conversation about race and that's it. You know, like more has to be done. It can't just be, it can't just be that. Um, you know, and I feel like in a lot of ways, uh, some some churches can feel validated because they're like, oh man, like I had that uncomfortable conversation, so I've done my part. But it's like, no, there more more things have to be done than just one conversation. I mean, there should be multiple conversations. There should be you listening, gaining that perspective. Um, and 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 that just goes back to what I said before, where it's like, uh, and even I've seen it, I've seen it with church people. It's like they just they think that they have the answer and that's it. And they're not willing to listen to another perspective of somebody else, uh, you know, preferably in this case, people of color. And they're not willing to gain their perspective and understand where they're coming from, understand their circumstances, understand their situation, understand what they've been through. And instead, they're just completely dismissing that whole narrative and only one to choose to listen to their narrative. And until, until uh, there can be this, uh, well, well, two things, until there can be this coming together and rising up against what's going on, uh, you know, we can't see a change. And then until there can be a coming together of white people, black people being together, uh, you know, in a room 
whatever setting it may be and listening to the perspective and be willing to, uh, you know, put your, uh, put your statements to the side and listen to how, uh, they feel, listen to, listen to what, uh, they've been through then, uh, yeah, again, I mean, we, for sure, we, we won't, we won't ever see any type of change or resolve. Wow. That's powerful. Um, so last question here, going forward, we're in just about to hit August here, uh, for the rest of the year. What is that? What do you, you got some plans? What does that look like for you? You know, finishing out this year, rolling into next year, um, as far as, you know, your music and just kind of, you know, take us through that. Yeah. Uh, so in August, um, I'm going to be hitting the studio. Um, so I'll, I'll be coming out with some new music. Uh, I for sure will probably be coming out with like a, a summertime jam. Cause I still count August as summer. Yeah. Um, so I'll be coming out with like a, a summertime jam just to, you know, throw some, uh, you know, positivity in there and, uh, you know, give some people some uplifting stuff, make them want to move and dance and, and groove a little bit. Um, and then from there, uh, I don't know, man, it, it's kind of, it, it's kind of a, a thing of, uh, you know, I just kind of, I live in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of go from there, you know, I might hear a track and I get inspired. I'm like, man, that's dope. You know, and it just sparks something within me. Uh, cause I for sure get influenced by tracks and, uh, I'm just like, man, like that's really done something to me. And, uh, you know, it, it sparks a, a creative gene in me and makes me want to write. Um, so for sure in August, you know, uh, going to record a track, you know, summertime, summertime jam, summer, summertime, no Will Smith. Um, so got that going on. And then as far as the rest of the year goes, uh, stay tuned. All right, Chris, thank you so much for your time and the conversation. Um, So, yeah, we're signing off here and uh, be sure to uh, listen to Chris's music. We'll have links uh, within the article that you guys can follow. But, yeah, thank you so much for your time, man. It's no problem at all. I appreciate you having me, my brother. Amplify is a podcast network made up of people of color and operating out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Amplify is a project of Rise Chattanooga a minority-based cultural arts nonprofit organization focused on community education, performance, and arts and cultural preservation. You can find all of the podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and risecha.org. Thank you so much for listening.